The Western world was shocked and horrified on Friday after a series of attacks in Paris, France, left over a hundred people dead and hundreds more injured. ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, a terrorist organization, has taken responsibility for the attacks, calling them, quote, the first of the storm, unquote. And France's president, François Hollande, has said that the attacks represent an act of war. Although ISIS does not speak for Muslims, many Muslims around the world, particularly those in Western countries, are put on the defensive whenever an attack like this happens in the West. We have two wonderful guests on the show today to talk about how attacks like this affect Muslims in Canada and to discuss specifically why attacks in the West expose their communities to so much more potential backlash than those that happen in other countries. I'm Desmond Cole. I'm Andre Demise. And this is Canada Land Commons. This episode of Canada Land Commons is supported by Canadian Journalists for Free Expression. CJFE monitors and defends free expression in Canada and around the world. Their initiatives include everything from providing humanitarian assistance to journalists in danger to informing you how government legislation affects your life. You can support these fantastic initiatives by becoming a member. You'll be helping a great cause. You'll get free access to debates, panels, and more, and you'll get a newsletter to keep you in the loop. Their executive director, Tom Hennifer, told me about what's in that letter. The newsletter is basically a roundup of everything that we're doing. So it's everything we publish on the website, all the articles that we have about what's going on with your rights in Canada. It is the campaigns that we have ongoing, the joint letters that we're joining in on, the lobbying efforts that we have, and ways that people can engage with our campaigns so they know, you know, what kind of messages to push out to who, what they should be talking to their MP about, what they should be sharing on social media, all of that. Go to cgfe.org to become a member. Listeners of Commons get a 70% discount on membership. Just use the code CANADALAND when you sign up. So do it. Stay informed. Keep that power in your hands. Andre Demise will be joining me later to break down what we've heard from today's guests. Joining us from Ottawa is Amira Al-Gawabi. Amira is the Communications Director for the National Council of Canadian Muslims. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Desmond. The first question I have for you is, uh, how did you hear about the attacks that happened in Paris over the weekend? Right. So uh, it was Friday evening, and I believe I was on my way home, and I think I heard it on the radio. And of course, just absolutely shocked and scared and horrified that, again, another uh, terrorism attack and attacks were, uh, were happening in Paris. As the communications director for a Canadian Muslim organization, when you hear news of these attacks, and they are immediately linked to a group like ISIS, What's the connection there for you? The first thoughts, of course, are concern and sadness that there are victims and thinking of the families and sending out, you know, condolences and wanting to send out condolences and just basically what, what any, any Canadian and any global citizen would be feeling. And then the added dimension, of course, is that when such news is being reported on and it's perpetrated by people who call themselves Muslim, then obviously that there is that added fear and concern that people who don't know perhaps a Muslim uh, in their own lives or they don't really understand 
understand uh, what Islam actually teaches may have the mistaken belief or understanding that Islam in any way would condone such horror. So it's just that concern that there might be people who don't understand or who have questions and, and wanting to respond to that and make sure that it's you know heard loud and clear that Muslims stand shoulder to shoulder with all of humanity in, in condemning. And, and often it's in fact Muslims who are bearing the terrible brunt of these incidents. Uh, we had the day before in Beirut similar attacks where I believe it was 44 people were killed and many more injured. We had the same day an attack in Baghdad where again uh, dozens were killed and injured. So this reality is that you know humanity is being held hostage by this terror. What do you see as being the potential consequences if Canadians make that erroneous link between what ISIS is doing and who Muslim people in their communities are? Wrong as it may be, what are the potential consequences of that? There is uh, some fear that uh, a very small minority who may not understand or who may um, mistake their fellow Akkadian Muslim neighbors or community members as, as somehow sympathetic, that they may uh, take out their anger and their fear out on their neighbors or on their community members. So there is that definite fear. And for example, we can't make the link uh, of what happened in Peterborough uh, just over the weekend with the, the setting ablaze of, the, uh, of, of a mosque in Peterborough. We can't make that link. We don't know if there was a direct causal link of what happened in Paris. But that being said, certainly, you know, that there's questions and we hope the investigators will, you know, track down whoever did this and try to find out, you know, what was the motivation. But have you seen those kinds of reactions before during other attacks in the West, particularly? Have you seen that kind of a backlash where they seem to be followed by incidents against Muslim people in Canada? Absolutely. So uh, NCCM, we actually monitor hate crimes and hate incidents across the country, have been doing so for several years. And we have uh, actually an online hate map where we are trying to track uh, where there are reports of incidents or crimes. And what we've noticed certainly is that there is a spike of reported incidents following events where, uh, unfortunately, Islam is implicated somehow. Is it for sure a causal link or is it that more people are aware and more people are reporting it? We can't tell, but certainly we do see a, a jump. We, for example, saw a jump in the number of incidents uh, and alleged uh, crime during the last election as well, when Islam and Muslims were in the public discourse in, in a very negative frame. So this is a reality that we have been facing for a long time and unfortunately continue to be concerned about that. And also I should mention that this has also a real impact on students and young children and young people who go to schools or high schools schools or universities where, again, you know, this sort of uh, discourse around, you know, what's happening in Paris, for example, you know, has a real impact on people who identify as Muslim, because there's not always an opportunity for the young children or, or people to speak up and, you know, explaining what their faith actually teaches and what they actually believe. So we're also calling on educators to really be conscious of the impact of these global events on uh, their, their global classrooms and how this may be impacting people's sense of safety and their own classrooms. Now, you talk about the attacks also that happened in Beirut, that happened in Baghdad, but the attack in Paris, France, has received far more media attention in the Western world. How does that different media coverage potentially impact what you do and the kind of reactions that you have to prepare yourself for as a Muslim organization in Canada? 
Right. The events that happen, you know, around the world are definitely going to have an impact on Canadians. For example, what happened in Beirut, we got a message from, you know, a Canadian, a Lebanese uh, woman who is actually there right now and, and, you know, is saying this is impacting us. And so there are impacts here in Canada on Canadians of different backgrounds who, who, you know, come from different parts of the world where there is this unfortunate violence that's taking place. So it does have impact on Canadians. But as you point out, the media coverage is quite disproportionate when you look at the amount of attention, for example, that is on what's happening in Paris compared to, for example, what happened in Beirut. There's actually been graphs that's been tracking the attention on Beirut. Actually, there wasn't much at all until Paris happened. So the reality is, is that as a Canadian organization, we have to make sure that when there is this coverage of, of an event, wherever it happens, which unfortunately is implicating people who call themselves Muslim, that we have to ensure that we make sure our, our voices are heard in terms of providing an accurate understanding of what Islam actually teaches and what it condemns. So when the media coverage is focused on an issue, that's really not our choice. We're not the producers. We're not the ones that decide what's going to make it to the front pages. But we have to be very conscious of what is making it to the front pages here in Canada and ensure that our voice is part of the discourse. Now, we understand that you actually communicate with the police when things like this happen. What does that conversation look like? Absolutely. It's different police forces. Uh, they have race relations and diversity sections or the hate crime units. Um, and we are constantly in contact with different units around the country when there are incidents or uh, alleged uh, hate crimes being reported. We try to reach out. We try to understand what's happening. We talk to the uh, alleged victims and find out what was their experience reporting uh, an incident and whatnot. So we have, over the years, managed to foster some good, strong relationships there. And for example, here in Ottawa, when an uh, incident and and, and, and a terrorist attack like this happens, the auto police chief, for example, will reach out uh, with a message sent far and wide throughout the community through um, social media and through uh, email listservs and whatnot, where he is encouraging people to report any suspicious behavior, saying that they do understand that there could potentially be some backlash and that they are alert to that and they are ready to respond appropriately. Um, and I think that that's really important. I think it's important to acknowledge that you know we're all members of communities and and you know, everyone's safety matters and that the police force is very aware of how global incidents could have local impacts. Outside of that policing response, what do people do in order to support each other when they're concerned about that potential backlash that you talk about? The first instinct now that we live in the social media world is people reach out to each other through email, through Twitter, through Facebook, raising their concerns and you know saying that they're standing with us. For example, on our NCCM Facebook page, when we actually put out a notice today about concerns around education and educators in classrooms, we had many members of the wider Canadian community sending us messages of support and saying that they hope that if there's any issues, that they would stand shoulder to shoulder with fellow students, for example. So there are messages both from the wider community and as well as internally um, to stay strong, to report anything that people are concerned about, and to basically, you know, remember that generally speaking, Canadians are a very welcoming, generous, compassionate people. You know, we're a very diverse country, and we get to know so many different backgrounds and cultures in our day-to-day -day lives, and in many parts of the country at least. And I think that sense of diversity and that sense of welcome is really important, particularly in moments like these. Amira El-Gawabi of the National Council of Canadian Muslims. We really, really thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Desmond.
After I spoke with Amir El-Gawabi, I called up Imam Syed Sohawardi. He is the founder of the Islamic Supreme Council of Canada, and I reached him in Vancouver. Hello, Imam Syed. Good morning. Good morning. What has been your experience in the past when an attack that is attributed to the Islamic State or other so-called radical Islamic groups, what do you find the reaction is in this country? Regardless where any tragic accident takes place or these terrorist acts definitely affects everyone in Canada, including the Muslim Canadians. By the way, I don't call them Islamic State. I call them terrorist state because they are not Islamic State at all. They are deceiving uh, people, they are deceiving Muslims, and they are deceiving non-Muslims by calling themselves Islamic State. They are a bunch of thugs and criminals. They are extremist, violent people who are monsters, in my opinion. They are not even human. They are committing heinous crimes against humanity. How can we consider them human beings? Yeah, they look like a human. They have name like Muslims and they pray like Muslims, but they are absolutely horrible criminals. Uh, but at the same time, I think whatever they do, because they are using Islam as their faith and they are shouting Islamic slogans when they commit crimes, this bothers every one of us. And um, it sends a very negative and very violent image of Muslims uh, around the world. And while the Muslims have nothing to do with this, I mean, we are not taught, we don't believe in such a horrible things. The most important, the most founding principle of Islam is the sanctity of life. And Islam warns that a person should not suffer. Let me give you a very basic principle of Islam. For example, if I'm praying and when a Muslim prays, that Muslim prays only for God and you do not worship anything but Allah. So if you are praying and suddenly somebody needs help, somebody's life is in threat, you are required to stop praying. You are required to break your prayers and go and help the people. So you can see the help to a human being in need supersede the worshipping of God because that help to a needy person is considered as the best worship of God. Now, you say you don't consider them to be human. This is an extremely strong statement that you're making when you say that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, God has given a human being a heart. That heart is very soft when it comes to miseries and pains and sufferings of other people. And look at these guys. They don't feel that pain and suffering that a person goes through when they abuse that person, when they kill that person, when they cut their throats, when they burn them alive in the cages. I cannot imagine a human being can even see or feel these things and they deliberately, willingly and happily, unfortunately, they commit these crimes. So how can we consider them human beings? Imam, we've seen attacks like this happen before on Canadian soil. Last year, of course, there was the attack at Charlie Hebdo, also in Paris, France. Australia had a terrorist attack in Sydney. These are all Western countries. What do you note about the difference when terrorism in the name of Islam happens in a Western country versus somewhere like Beirut or Baghdad, where there were also recently terrorist attacks? Yes, I mean, just a few days ago, before Paris attacks, there was a huge... Uh, massacre of human beings in Lebanon, in Beirut, 
and the world was not as attentive as we are for Paris attacks. The reason is, I'm not saying any life is less important. Every life is important. But unfortunately, what happens, because we live in a Western world, when something happens in our own country or in, in Europe or Australia or the United States, it draws media attention more than incidents taking place in other parts of the world. I mean, look at the Beirut attacks were not covered as much as the Paris attacks. But I'm not trying to compare, you know, uh, what is less important. I think both were tragic events, both were wrong, both were horrified and terrorism. But the, because the, the attention, the coverage that the Paris attacks are getting, it definitely draws people's attention. And then people see this whole thing repeatedly again and again. They want to know what is going on. So it automatically, psychologically has some more impact on people what happened in Paris or what happened in Ottawa last year compared to what happens in the other part of the world. So it is just a matter of coverage and uh, a hype that a certain tragic incident uh, gets it in the media. I spoke with Amira El-Gawabi, who is the communications director of the National Council of Canadian Muslims. She said that in Ottawa, a warning to Muslim communities was immediately issued after these attacks were reported, warning Muslim people to take care and to report any threats immediately to the police. Do you see these kinds of warnings as well in British Columbia? Yes, I think uh, this is important that when any terrorism act takes place, any part of the world, and especially in the Western world, uh, and God forbid, if it happens in our own country, Canada, then there is definitely a backlash. And there are people who do not separate the acts of violence by the terrorists with the Muslim community, broader Muslim community. They just paintbrush every Muslim and they say, yeah, oh no, it is because of Islam, it is because of your Quran, it is because of your Prophet. So they may include you with the behavior of ISIL and ISIS and you, are, you have nothing to do with it, so you have to be careful and you have to be vigilant. So those kind of backlash do take place especially against women, by the way. In Ottawa, when the incident took place, and before that, after the tragedy of 9-11, women with hijab, they are more visible, they are more vulnerable, and they get more attacked compared to men in this country, in other parts of the world. And that's why we have to issue the advice, and that is the right thing to do. It must be very, very difficult to know that people within your community, and particularly women, are going to be subject to harassment and misunderstanding. I understand the practical uh, element of it, but emotionally this must be very hard. Of course it is very hard. I mean, I have a daughter, I have a son, and when my daughter goes to the university, I am always worried about her. Because in the University of Calgary and other universities, there have been incidents where a woman was spit on, there has been incident where a scarf of a woman was snatched. There has been incident where a woman was called go back home. So that's why it is definitely a matter of concern for as parents, as community members, that there are people who, uh, who are as violent in other communities as uh, some violent people in a Muslim community. Um, most of the Canadians are very peaceful, very loving, very tolerant, accepting people. But there are some element of bad in our society as well, and uh, we have to consider that. What can Canadians, even if they are not Muslim, what can they do 
with the understanding that this potential for backlash exists, how can they support the community? I mean, the best thing every Canadian can do is, first of all, need to know that every Canadian Muslim does not have anything to do with this ISIL-ISIS terrorism or Al-Qaeda Taliban, those terrorist organizations. Number two, they must know that Islam is abused here. Islam is not used here because Islam does not teach what these violent terrorist organizations are doing. So they have to be educated, number one. And if they, they understand that this is not coming because of Islam, this is not happening because of Muslim belief in these uh, heinous things, then they should go and let the other non-Muslim Canadians know that they should not be paint brushing anybody, any Muslim, with the uh, what ISIL and ISIS are doing in the world. We share the same responsibilities as other Canadians, and we have same obligation as other Canadians. We love our country, Canada, and our contribution towards society should not be undermined. And finally, Imam, Justin Trudeau issued a statement saying, in part, that this attack will not change his policy on wanting to remove Canadian fighter jets from the Middle East in engaging in strikes against ISIS. What is your view on Justin Trudeau's policy? I mean, I I do not think, and I have said it before, that only air strikes on ISIL and ISIS are not effective. It's a wastage of money. It's wastage of resources. I mean, look at their alliance. I mean, there are 60 some countries who are taking part against ISIL and ISIS. But ISIL and ISIS, instead of shrinking, reducing or eliminating, they are getting more strong. They are getting widespread now. So I think whatever governments are doing, including United States, Canada and others, it's not working. Just throwing bombs from the air is killing many other innocent people, destroying property, destroying a whole beautiful country, Syria. I think we should fight against ISIL. I'm not saying don't fight. I fight every day against ISIL and ISIS. But this whole strategy is not working and that needs to be checked and that needs to be reviewed and look into how we can eliminate this whole threat of terrorism from ISIL and ISIS in Syria and Iraq. Imam Syed Sahawardi joining us today from Vancouver. We are extremely grateful for your time and your views. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now, you guys know when you listen to this program that we often do a little bit of a talkback segment sometimes after our regular interviews. What we wanted to talk about this week briefly, though, was that Andre and I actually had an argument about whether or not we wanted to do this episode at all. Desmond and I had a brief but very intense conversation about whether it's responsible after a terrorist attack happens to then put Muslim people on the microphone because then you're now putting Muslim people under a microscope which is something that both of us have very strong feelings about and against. I felt that it's important that when this kind of thing happens, people of Muslim faith, which obviously means black and brown people, are going to be talked about without being there. And I'm always of the feeling you can't talk about us without us. And even though I'm not a Muslim person myself, I believe that if we are going to have these conversations, it's best to have people of that faith out front. And of course, now, while I respect what Andre is saying, I had a big problem with this initially 
because I am so concerned that we make people answer for things that are not their responsibility to answer for. We contribute to the problem by putting people on the spotlight, even to say, tell everyone why this has nothing to do with you. I sometimes think that even that act in and of itself makes people on the spotlight when really we should be talking about other things. And I was very concerned about doing that in this episode. However, I do want to say, and I give credit here to our wonderful producer, Kevin Sexton, there are, as you can hear, Muslim groups in this country who are trying to get out ahead of this, who know that a potential backlash is waiting for them every time something like this happens, particularly in the West. And I am glad that we gave them the opportunity on this program to get out in front of the discussion, to talk about what's happened in the past in our community when this happens, and to warn people about the dangers of the backlash. And, you know, I'm grateful to our guests for answering questions about the disparity that we see when an incident like this happens in Paris versus when it happens in Beirut or in Baghdad. And we see how differently media report on these incidents. We see how differently people identify. If you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't even know that there was a bombing in Beirut. I think that that's what we're trying to bring up here. It's been pointed out a lot in the last few days. That is not to take away from what happened in France. It is to say that if we are truly appalled by terrorism, we have to be consistent. We have to value all people's lives equally when these tragedies happen and ask ourselves why we don't see I am Beirut, I am Baghdad posted on people's social media when people there are dying also. I think well, it's I'll, a fair... Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I hear this from, from friends of mine all the time, which is, you know, this happens in the West and we care so much. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't care. Obviously, we should. But nobody seems to care when it's happening in Kenya. You know, when a, when a university gets invaded by terrorists and people are slaughtered en masse. Nobody cares when it happens in Nigeria. Nobody cares when it happens in Iraq and Beirut. And the thing is, like, if you really are that appalled by terrorism, then be appalled by terrorism when it happens to anybody. Because there are a lot of people who lost their lives in France, but there's a lot of people who lost their lives in Africa and the Middle East. And to, to me, like, we are a global community. There's no getting around it. And when something like this happens, we really just got to take a more measured approach and stop saying to people that if you don't sufficiently renounce terrorism, then I don't trust you. Because basically what you're saying is, is that I believe that because you look like one of them, you could be one of them. And you have to say something against them and make yourself a target in order for me to simply get along with. I just, we've already seen this movie play out. I'm just going to keep on living my life and keep loving my people. I think that it was said best. I saw something posted on social media that we can and should pray for Paris, but it's the whole world that we have to pray for. That is the program for this week. You can always help us keep the conversation going on Twitter. If you're not following us, just search for Canada Land Commons. It'll be the first result that comes up. Our show producer is Kevin Sexton. And the music for the show is produced by Nathan Burley. If you'd like to visit the Canada Land website, just visit canadalandshow.com. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter, not sorry. Email us at desmond at canadalandshow.com. Or at andre at canadalandshow.com. And if you have show feedback or if you have show ideas, things you'd like to see us explore, email our producer. He's kevin at canadalandshow.com. You can subscribe to this show wherever you find your podcasts and you can chip in at patreon.com slash canadaland. Please show us some love. Give us that wonderful five-star rating on the iTunes store. Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. Canada Land Commons comes back next week, Tuesday. <laughs>